Hi, my name's Jason. I'm the senior pastor at Chilton Church. We hope all our messages will help you connect more fully with God's love, grow as his follower, and share his hope with those around you. Thanks so much for joining us. To work on Great. So just to say, we're going to talk a bit about the parable and then say a bit about the kingdom of God and God as Father, because that actually comes up in the parable. And of course, it's very relevant being Father's Day today. Um, and then a bit about fatherhood and my, my, very briefly, my son's experience of, 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 of me as father. So his, because it's one thing to be a father, it's another thing to, be, to have a father. You know, they say a leader isn't necessarily someone who has the, the plate of leader, but he's got to check, is anyone following? <laughs> and it's the same with fatherhood, isn't it? It's a, you could say it's a verb, not just a noun. It's a, it's a passive thing. Are people being fathered? If they're not, am I a father? So that's a question you may want to be reflecting on as well. Okay, and lastly, as appropriate, my journey of discovering God as father, as it relevant in the parable, and also because it's Father's Day. Great, so if we, oh, let's try this then, see if it works. Okay, the parable of the going seed. Now, I'm really fond of a scripture, so I, I really like people to, to see and read for themselves, so that's why um, it's all up there, and um, perhaps we could actually say it all together. Should we do that? Um, the parable of the going seed. So Jesus, Jesus also said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground, night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grape is ripe, he puts the sickle to it, because the harvest has come. Great. And I know literally a couple of weeks ago you had the parable of the sower, didn't you? Which is in one sense very similar. But in one sense, it's fundamentally different. And when you look at a parable, you're always asking, well, what's the same and what's different between this and, and the other ones? Why did Jesus say this? Why wasn't the last one appropriate? What's he adding to here that he didn't bring, he wants to emphasize? You know, I see a parable as a bit like a puzzle. You know, you read those, or a puzzle or a, a statement um, that, that Jesus is making. So he wants you to figure it out. He doesn't just want to proclaim it, thus saith the Lord. That's old, some of the stuff in the old Bible says, thus saith the Lord, this is what you do this. Do this, don't do this, statement. But a parable is a different type of literature. It's a puzzle, and you've got to figure it out. And in fact, actually helping people grow spiritually isn't only about what we say, it's about what people are processing. What's going in your mind? I'm just wondering what's going in your mind at this very moment as I say this. <laughs> a variety of thoughts. I, I haven't a clue. I've got some idea, but I haven't got a clue. And helping people to grow spiritually is about heading people to, to know what they're processing and to articulate that and to, to grow in that, as opposed to just what I proclaim. Um, anyway, um, don't sure I've got onto that one. <laughs> so, the parable of the soul. It's also a bit like, you know you see a cartoon in the newspaper. It's fictional, but there's some truth or some comment the cartoonist is making. It's a particular style, in a, a particular thing in the newspaper, very different from the headlines, very different from the editorial, which is often there to get you to, to, to respond, to get you to write letters in. It's quite pushy in a certain direction. Cartoons are particular, it's a particular thing in the newspaper. Parables are a particular type of literature in, in Scripture. And so here Jesus paints a picture. It's a very simple picture. You know, I've read this parable and missed it many a time. 
But actually there's substance in here that Jesus is saying, Jesus said it, well, Jesus said it. It's, it was worth him saying. It was worth Mark recording. It was worth Mark recording. I, I don't think I find it in any of the other, in any of the other Gospels, but it was worth Mark recording. There's something in there that we need to pick up. And you're probably very familiar with it. You've probably read it millions of times as, as a church as, as well. The thing that struck me, first of all, was it was about process. You know, that the parable of the sower is about pro, um, productivity and about obstacles. You know, he produces fruit 30, 60, 100-fold. If you're a farmer, you want to produce results, don't you? If you're a farmer, you want to produce results. That's what the seed is for. It's about produce. And there are obstacles to that produce. But this doesn't mention any of that. It's about process. So let's see how that happens. So, well, perhaps you can spot the process in there. What are some of the phrases or words in here that speaks of process rather than productivity? Do you want to shout them out? Sprouts. Sorry? It sprouts. Good. Yes, carry on. So it doesn't go from zero to 60. Sorry? Scatters. In what way is that process? person's doing it, okay, it happens over time, yeah. Anything else about the, the process of the, the seed growing? Night and day, so there's time involved. Good, anything else? There's also the as soon as, which I'm going to come to in a moment. It's almost as if he's waiting, patiently or perhaps impatiently. Is this going to be ready? Can I get this one? Is it going to come? When's it going to come? So there's timing in there, isn't there, as soon as. But yes, he scatters seed. That's a process. But he scatters seed in the first parable as well, of course. Um, night and day. You know, the farmer doesn't know what's going on. Whether he sleeps and gets up, whether he, um, whether he sleeps or gets up, it just grows by itself. And you've got that subtle hand of God in this parable. Some would say, are you a man half empty or a woman half empty? Or a man or woman half full? How do you see the world? Do you see act growth like this as our work? Or do you see it as God's sovereignty? Or do you perhaps say, well, actually, there are parts that we play and we are responsible to do. And there are other parts that we are not responsible for and we mustn't meddle with. <laughs> and we know that as life, as a parent, if you're a parent, or as otherwise, if you're helping people grow. There are things to get involved with. And there are things not to get involved with, and you've got to give space for the things to develop. And in fact, my wife said to me just the other day, you know, in one sense, there's the intentionality, you've got to get involved, but also you've got to be involved so that you know when to step in and when to not to step in. So you've got to keep the contact up. And I think for us, for me as a dad, and I think often for many dads, that's quite hard because we're often out there doing other things. Whereas our, my wife, Susan, is much better, and wives are often much better at keeping in touch. And that's one of the challenges, I would say, of, of fatherhood. Um, so, um, but this whole process of involved and yet also not involved in giving space as well. So, um, he doesn't know, but it does grow. And then all by itself, there's a time when the seal produ soil produces coin. Grain, rather, not coin, coin. Grain. <laughs> First the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel. So there's growth, there's process. Um, and when it's ripe, that's the time to harvest it. That's the time to harvest it. As soon as. And um, that's quite striking, the as soon as. You know, you almost say, you can, you can almost imagine the farmer and his wife having a chat, you know. Is it ready? Should I go out today? Should I not go out today? If you wait too late, it's just going to get rotten, isn't it? 
And if you and if you don't, so you've got to be involved. You've got to know what you're doing. So as soon as it's quite significant, and also there's this idea of harvesting, and you know, in in other parts of scripture, other parts of the New Testament, isn't there? And that's particularly with with Jesus' return, and there's a time when we'll all be held accountable for our lives. You know, we're going to come, and all those things that we said. You know, when is there going to be justice? There will be a day when that happens, and that's the in one sense the great, the ultimate sort of climax of it all. But there is that sense of that as soon as, that timing element here in this parable as well. Okay. What about that phrase, the kingdom of God at the very beginning, um, and God is Father? Um, let me just go back to the actual. There you go. You can see it. This is what the kingdom of God is like, and, and fatherhood as, as well. God is Father. Um, we'll say a bit about that. Um, so, you know, that's about other Father. Okay. So basically, as probably you all know, that... Um, you know, for some of you who, who guessed, though, actually, you may not be aware of this, but what does it mean, kingdom of God, the kingdom of God? You know, in the Old Testament, that was a geographic thing, the kingdom of God. Um, but actually, today in the New Testament, it's much more, does God reign in our hearts? And through that, do we impact society around us? Not a sort of organizational rule or whatever, but through kindness and love, etc., does God reign in our hearts? And to what extent is that growing in us and beyond us? So that's what Jesus is saying. Um, is the kingdom of God growing in us and through us? And, you know, I looked at other faiths, and Christianity is the only one that talks about God as Father. We take that for granted as Christians, but he's the only one that talks about God as Father. In, in Judaism, it, it, the name Hashem Adonai, it, the name apparently means my master. We know the God who loves is there, and there's relationship, but it is a relationship of a master, and I'm not a great scholar, I'm not a scholar in Judaism, but maybe it's almost like a, a benevolent employer, a benevolent owner. I, I don't know. But it's, there is a sense where the word father, I don't think, is used very much in the Old Testament. Certainly unlike the New Testament, where it's again and again, God my father. Um, in Islam, you know, he's the absolute one. Um, uh, All-powerful, all-knowing creator. And, but Muhammad was his slave and his servant my friend Salim tells me in the mosque. In Buddhism, th there's no actual belief in a personal God at all. Um, and in Hinduism, which is the faith I come from, um, God has many, for or many forms of God to whom one prays. But in my experience, um, there's power but not relationship. And, expression, and God ultimately is um, an expression of an eternal truth, Brahman, the, the Sanatan um, one, the eternal, eternal truth, the ultimate reality. But again, there's no sense of personality there, and certainly no sense of fatherhood. Um, whereas in Christianity, Jesus says, my father, our father, the Lord's prayer, our father who art in heaven, our father. And that is, when you stop to think about it, that is very, very striking with, with Christianity. It is simply not there in any other faith. It is simply not there. And many people, in that sense, you know, I would agree with many people when they say all religions are the same. They are. They do not have a concept of Father. But when you discover Jesus, you don't discover religion. You discover fatherhood. And that is profoundly different. And we often forget that. We often forget that. And that's why we often say, well, I don't have confidence to tell others. Because we've actually not, we've just lost sight of the fact. Not that we haven't lost sight of him being our father spiritually, but we've not appreciate, we no longer appreciate it. Neither the majesty sometimes of God, 
but also the uniqueness of what we have in Jesus Christ. And that might be something that I know for myself, it's worth praying into for a few weeks or a few months and recapturing that and really appreciating again, you know, what we have is fundamentally different. What you have in this room, what you are celebrating this morning is fundamentally different to anyone, any other religious organization, any other grouping outside. It's fundamentally different. And, and that's why, that's one of the reasons why we have something to say about it. And if we don't, there's a vacuum. If we don't, there's a vacuum. Okay, the kingdom of God is, and God is Father. Okay, time marches on. Great. So I want to say a bit about fatherhood um, and um, make a few comments there. Um, so in my, my own case, my father, he was actually an orphan. He, I don't, I'm not sure where my parents, my, par- my grandparents passed away, um, but my dad I knew was an orphan brought up by his father. Um, so he had father figures, but the father figures in his life were not his, but was not his biological father for, for most of his life. Um, <clears throat> For, for, for me personally, for us, um, I'd say fatherhood gave me a sense of boundaries. Even though I wasn't particularly close to my father, he provided the ultimate boundaries. The ultimate boundaries were provided by dad. Um, the relation ones by my mom, but the ultimate ones were by dad. He was the ultimate provider, and I saw him as my ultimate authority. Um, to some extent, he defined my identity. Um, my surname, Shiv Dasani, came through my father. My mom, um, even my mother... And all of us as children, we had my father's first name as our middle name. And even my mum had her middle, her middle name became dad's first, it was dad's first name when they got married. So in our culture, um, even our identity to some extent in terms of name came from our our father. Um, I can still remember to to a small moment or the reality of the day I became a father, the day I first had that first heartbeat, the day I saw the first picture in the womb. Um... And apparently your hormones change as a, as a man when you have a child. Your hormones actually change on that day, which is quite fascinating. Um, and it's just a unique, for those who've experienced it, it is a u- unique I- experience. Um, but, you know, fatherhood is also caught, not, not taught. Um, and, um, you know, I think over the years, I think I've learned that, one thing that struck me recently is that to what extent am I passing on, not just do my not just creating the boundaries and providing physically for my children, my son, but to what extent I'm actually passing on the priorities that I found are valid, valuable in my life. So in my case, reading the Bible and praying are really important to me. I've seen the impact on my life and helped me be a better father and a better man. Um, and so am I actually not just, am I not just telling my son to do it, but creating the opportunity, the way for him to start doing that? Or am I just hiding it to myself? Well, I find it important, but... That's just my private affair. And I was talking to a dad just this week. And actually, as we were chatting, he said, oh, yeah, my, my daughter, no, she doesn't read the Bible or whatever. But maybe one day she will. And I said, well, you know, there are things in your life spiritually that you can pass on. And whatever it is that's important to you spiritually, because this is a spiritual group this morning, I would encourage you to not to hide to yourself. Don't, but pass it on to your children. Make sure you pass it on in some shape or form. Be it that you just tell them, be it you encourage them in that, be it from time to time you do it with them. But whatever is important to you spiritually, don't just leave a vacuum there. Do pass it on. Do spread it, pass it on to your next generation. You know, as, Timothy, as Paul said to Timothy, I pass this on to you and I want you to pass it on to another generation who will be able to pass it on to others also in 2 Timothy 2. 
So we must pass these things on. You know, and Moses said to the community, fathers, pass it on to your children, so they pass it on to their children, who will teach their grandchildren. You must pass on the things that are important to you spiritually. So I would really encourage you to, to do that. Um, passing on things I find important. And, and then lastly, to ask the question, you know, am I actually fathering my son? How does he see me as a father? Now, in all fairness, I've only just started to ask this question. <laughs> um, it's not quite true, but I did ask him earlier this week very quickly. So, you know, what do you appreciate about me as a father sort of thing? And um, he, sa- he said, <laughs> quite a challenging question. <laughs> but actually, you've got to ask it. Otherwise, are we being a father? So, um, so um, yeah, I won't, I won't ask you whether you've asked your child that yet. But um, <laughs> you may have done, I don't know. But um, he said he appreciates my intentionality, that I, you know, that I actually get engaged in different ways with him. So I said, okay, that's interesting. Um, so so that, was, that was interesting feedback. So, um, but something I'm going to keep pursuing is that, that discussion. And I want to ask the question, it's one thing to have a father. It's another thing to know who do, who do you look up to as a father? Because we all have fatherly roles around us, I'm sure. I mean, I mentioned Ram earlier, but there are others, I'm sure, each one of us, I'm sure, if, we, if, you, if you thought about it, you'd say, actually, this person, um, maybe it wasn't my biological father, or maybe they were, or whatever, but they are a bit of a father to me, or they have been. They are the ones that I... And you follow the role of a father, even if you don't necessarily follow the, the figure of a father. And it might be for some of us, actually, that we need to, to go back and speak to our physical fathers and say, Dad, I've lost touch with you, Let, let's re-engage again. There's always that response for some people in, um, in society, in a community like this. Um, but I think that's really important because I want to move on to, to my journey um, as discovering God as Father. Um, and the first prayer... Oh, that's moved. The first, my first prayer... Um, do we see God as... Oh, do we, yeah, do, we see God, do we see God as God or do we see God as Father? So pulling those two thoughts together... You know the parable of the, the parable of the, the, the seed growing, and father, the sense of the kingdom of heaven, and the growing seed, the growing kingdom in our own lives as God as Father. Do we see God, and also the fact that Christianity is unique with God being Father? To what extent do we see God as God, or to what extent do we see God as Father? We sing about it, we celebrate it, but what does that actually mean on the inside? What does that mean on the inside? I'm just going to stop. I'm just speak to the person next to you at this point. And just say, what does, do you think that means to you as a person? Not just have God as God, but to know God as Father. Maybe it doesn't. Have a moment just to breathe and to talk about that for a second. And hopefully you had some of your own thoughts when you chatted about it. Um, okay. For me personally, you know, when I asked Jesus into my life, and when Jesus came out, there was a sense I'd come home. And I, I can't really describe it any other way. There was a sense, I was just, there was a, there was a deep, profound sense of peace that I simply had, which I'd never had, I'd hadn't admit, so I hadn't had before. So some of you might be able to relate to that. Um, often when I pray to God as, as Father and discover Him, and I pray into a situation, anxiety lifts. You know, the issue, the issue I'm worried about, it just lifts and it just goes, it just goes, which is, means I can face the problem, but without the anxiety. And, and that is a real help for life. Um, I'm better able to process life, therefore, um, and I've sensed, I've certainly sensed a guiding hand over my life, and that sense a profound sense of security, and that's available with God as Father. Those are some things that are available as God's Father, and it's not based on my self-belief. In fact, it's in spite of my own faults, 
I'm not a good person. I don't understand it all. And yet I found day by day, in spite of that, that sense of a guiding hand and profound security. And religion says, if you do good, God will bless you. If you don't, afraid not, not been good enough today. But that's what religion says. But with the God, God as Father, it's profoundly different. And so that's something that we need to affirm. So my journey, very quickly. Um, and the reason I'm doing this is, I'm not sure where you are on your journey spiritually. Um, but it gives you a chance to reflect where you are on your journey. And say, well, where am I on my journey? Um, where do I fit in this whole process? If this is the process for you. But where do I fit in that process? I'm going to share my story. And, then, and also, what would be the next step? My son's got, got diabetes, so we go to the hospital. And I would always ask every season, I'd say, so at the stage he's at, what should I be looking for? And what's the next stage coming up that I need to be looking for so that we can be prepared and we move towards that? So that's really what this is a bit about. So my journey, and also in the parable, it was first the, first the uh, one stage of growth, then it was the next stage of growth, and finally the last stage of growth. And then as soon as it was ripe, the harvest came. So we have this in the parable, don't we? That sense of growth. Okay, my first prayer um, to the God of the Bible. I was in a chapel, um, and it was something like, it was probably actually almost fairly close to, I'll follow you if you give me good luck. <laughs> I.e., give me what I want, and I'll follow you. <laughs> Very conditional. The amazing thing was I really felt God's peace for about three or four days. It was astonishing. Just, I just, not in a sort of, oh, life is all bliss sort of thing. No, no. I had my homework to do. I had work to do, etc. Life was a pain sometimes. Life was good sometimes. But the anxiety had lifted. The anxiety had lifted. And there was a joy that I'd not had before. And then it went after about three days. I thought, oh, why has God left me? And I became quite angry with God. Why have you left me? In all fairness, I hadn't kept my side of the bargain. I hadn't um, followed him. I hadn't sought him out and said, what do you expect from me? It had been one-sided. But He'd left me and I became angry with, with him. So that was my first prayer. My second prayer was when I prayed to God, I'm actually, I'll come on your terms, not mine. I'll come with that condition. Um, and that was after, when, during a season when I was searching for God, I'd gone back into Hinduism um, and I'd had a, a patronizing conversation with someone who'd said to me, you know, that he'd discovered God when he'd asked Jesus in. And I said, well, I'm glad you're happy. I'm glad you're happy, you know. I'm glad you found what you're looking for. As if I knew what I was looking for and I'd found it. No. He was about 10 years older than me. And I knew, but I knew more than he did. Very patronizing. Very patronizing, you know. And so I'd had that patronizing conversation. That had been part of that stage. And also, I had various issues. How I could disagree and, you know, answer back. And how I could argue about God. Um, and I got to a point where I said, okay, I'm not going to dismiss these. I'm not going to dismiss them, but I'm going to put them aside. I'm not going to let them be a barrier to me moving forwards. And I think that was quite key, not to let them be a barrier to, to me moving forwards. Um, and then my third prayer was actually praying to Jesus specifically. And um, have we got the prayer there? No. Um, it was something like, Jesus, I, I don't know if you're God or not, but I come on your terms, not mine. Um, I'm sorry if I've done wrong. Please forgive me. If you are God, I'll, I'll follow you. And um, there was a very great, there was a real, it made no initial difference to me. But by the morning, I'd really sensed that I'd experienced and met with God. And that, that God was a living God. Um, before that, the Bible didn't make sense. But afterwards, it made sense to me. And I realized I could talk to God 
and reflecting back, he was actually talking as one would talk to God as, as father. Um, I reviewed it a year later, came to the same conclusion. You know, it's, if you're thinking of making a decision, it's always good to know you can review it. There's no problem with that. I reviewed it a year later, came to the same conclusions. So, so that was my spiritual journey, the journey that, that I went on um, in, in discovering God as, as father. So we've had the parable. The kingdom of God is like, you know, the seed growing, planting. Some stages we're involved with, some stages we don't. And then there's a time for harvesting. As soon as it's ripe, the, the farmer goes out and harvests it. Um, and in one sense, my question really, I guess, today is, for most of you, you probably do, but for many, some of you that are here today, do you know God as Father? And um, if not, why don't you, you know, discover God as Father? Would you like to discover God as, as Father? So I'm going to say a short prayer now, and um, similar to the prayer I, I prayed. And I think I'd like us all to say it, um, so it's just so that we can all say it. Um, we do this in our, with, our, with some of the groups that I work I will do it in my church. So we just say a prayer together. It's not on the screens, but I'm just going to say a prayer. And if we could all join in, that would be great. Um, whether it makes any sense to you or not is, is none of my business. <laughs> it's between you and God. Um, but if, you know, if, if it doesn't make sense or if it's of no use to you whatsoever now, it's not a problem, you, know, you might find that one day it is helpful for you. It might be helpful for you one day. And that's why it's worth us all just saying it together. Is that okay? So just shut your eyes and um, let's have a moment of quiet. Just a moment of quiet to ask yourself the question, where am I on that spiritual journey? Where am I with the kingdom of God? Where am I on that spiritual journey? Thanks for listening. If you'd like to find out more about the church and how to connect with us in person or online, wherever you are, please visit our website at www dot chiltonchurch dot org dot uk